Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito. And I am Maggie Robinson. And this is a podcast with with no no agenda. We would love if you guys would subscribe to the podcast and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook, so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast. And Maggie? You can reach us at our email address, louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. We are back recording another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and I am personally thrilled that we are doing this with the past week that everyone has had. What about you, Maggie? I'm like, what day is it? Where, where, what are we doing? Just to remind you, we are recording on a Wednesday. Yeah. Today is Wednesday. I was actually on vacation, as I talked about in my pod, in the um, podcast that aired two weeks ago. We did skip a week because I was out of town on vacation. I did go to Jackson Hole, where I'm not going to lie. The weather was nice, the views were nicer, and uh, I wasn't here in uh, Baton Rouge. So that was a vacation that we had planned for about eight months, and it just kind of um, coincided and worked out. So we have a guest here today who's actually my sister-in-law, Amy Torito. And so we're going to talk to Amy in just a little bit um, about what she really, she's a real estate agent and a Disney travel agent. agent, okay? And how she got to do this. I want to talk about your prior career, too. Okay. Okay. I haven't told her anything. Of course. Because <laughs> I've been out. out of town, so I don't, I don't prep people for these things. Um, so, anyway, so we just do want to say that we are still thinking about everyone that is um, still experiencing the aftermath of Hurricane Ida, depending on where you are in Louisiana, and I think even at uh, some points in Mississippi, um, you know, that was that was quite a strong storm. I, I personally felt like it was the Thursday before the storm hit, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, there's this storm that's going to hit us, and you're kind of like, wait, like, did anybody know that it was out in anywhere? Because I didn't. They did, but they didn't really talk about it too much to the last minute. Yeah. So anyway, so it kind of came on really quick, and it just continued to intensify, and it did, it didn't what from what I've read, it didn't weaken that much once it hit land. And so um, there are a lot of places that I've been seeing online that are accepting donations. Um, I know Sweet Baton Rouge did a donation drive. Um, so check those out. We'll link them because um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a couple of weeks and maybe months for for some of our fellow Louisianians to get back on their feet. So we are definitely thinking about them. Um, But Maggie did have an interesting, do we want to talk about Aaron? Well, send our love to Aaron. Yeah, um, we, and it was kind of funny because we were like debating, my brother-in-law was debating on canceling this, this fundraiser because of Hurricane Ida, like, but honestly, it was, it was a Saturday before. Yeah. The storm. And like, we had got all, most of our prep done on Friday. And he's like, let's just do it. And everybody else was cool with it. They had a great turnout. Um, but, you know, my husband was running to first base and thought he could beat out the throw. And then there was, you know, a scuffle and his leg is broken. So. Like broken. Yeah. Like needs surgery. He broke his tibia. Um, and really it would heal on its own, but he's got loose tendons in his ankle. So he's got to get a plate and screws and, um, the Tua Tungabailoa surgery, the tightrope to tighten everything back together. And so, yeah. So you're his caregiver. I, I am. I'm a, I'm a glorified chauffeur now because you can't drive for eight weeks. Um, yeah, we're just trying to figure out, try to get him a scooter so that he can scooter around because he's already over crutches and it hasn't been that long. But he's like, I'm 30 years old and I've never broken a bone and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I've never broken a bone. I've never broken a bone. Yeah, I mean, I've never had to use crutches. No, I, I sprained an ankle and I was on crutches for a bit, but um, never broken a bone. Okay, well, we'll so, wish him 
the best of luck. Yeah, he's, and you, and you. Well, he was like all worried about me. I'm like, well, this is going to be frustrating for both of us, but we'll be fine. And at least he's okay, and it's fixable. Yeah, he's like, I could have a broken neck or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that would be much worse. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on. <laughs> um, all right, so Maggie, what is our word of the episode? Word of the episode. Word up. <clears throat> it's doff. Okay. To take off or remove a hat or a piece of clothing. And use it in a sentence. That's where I, that's where you lose me. They doffed their coats when they came inside the house. Oh. Are we saying that right? How do you yeah, spell so. it? D-O-F-F-E-D? Nope. Doofed? Nope. Never heard doffed. it. Me neither. I don't know. It's just, you know, that's why we have a word of the episode to try to just educate our listeners, Amy, one word at a time. We'll see if we can come up with something throughout the episode. Yeah, that's just it. I'd rather just say I'm getting undressed. <laughs> that's what I feel like is basically saying. But don't worry, we won't be getting undressed while we're recording. <laughs> we'll be All right, so we'll move on to our shout-outs. Shout-outs! I have to give a huge shout-out, even though I don't think that he listens to this podcast, but a shout-out to my brother, who... Previously, I mean, months ago when we planned this vacation, we had asked him to please come and stay at our house and watch our dogs because it was just easier than boarding them. And I'm not going to lie, less expensive because they are expensive to board. And, you know, we left the Saturday before the hurricane hit. And so he still said, I'm coming to your house and stayed at my house by himself while a hurricane came through. He said it was kind of scary when the power was surging, though. But he did have a generator, so, you know, he was fine after that and maybe a little bit bored. We didn't have internet for several days, but that was, you know, that's a very minor issue to have. So, thanks, Kyle. Really appreciate you. I feel like I probably would have backed out. (laughs) I would have been like, yeah, no, I'm not coming to your house and what the hurricane. But my sister is two blocks away, so that really did help. And then also, you know, I, I really am very impressed. I know not having electricity is extremely frustrating we dealt with it for a long time when gustav hit and it was like it just you just don't know when it's going to come back on um and i'm sure people are still in that situation but i think that you know the linemen for energy demco cable eat all of these people that have probably been working around the clock to get it restored truthfully in baton rouge when you looked at the map on like monday and tuesday after the hurricane it kind of didn't look like a lot of progress was being made because i'm sure there were some assessments that were happening that we just didn't know about but like for them to get most of baton rouge back by the end of the week i felt like that's that's a feat it's insane because I feel like, mm-hmm. what, 90% of the of the parish was out? I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Y'all were out for the longest y'all probably ever been out, huh? Yes. Yeah. We were out six days. Yeah. They have some supplies set up at the AMC by the mall. And, it, you know, all the transformers and stuff that they have laid out. And then they have, like, cases of bang energy drinks. Like, they're just trucking. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's easy for us to forget is that these linemen are coming from all over, is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So they're leaving their family and their friends. And granted, they have a home to go home to. But, I mean, I just really, that just seems very stressful to me. And I I don't know Julie Squad about restoring power. Well, yeah, and I feel like their job is very, like, that's sensitive. Like, you have to be on your A game. Yeah. Because that's very risky, Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. When I was driving back, I evacuated to Shreveport. And driving back on the interstate was just all power trucks and they were all from different states just coming down here to help out yeah so you know i think that the thing is is that we always pull together in situations like this Mm -hmm. um you know i think there does come a certain breaking point for everybody's patience so um anyway so that being said quick book club update i did actually finish the very nice box while i was out of town and there was definitely that's our september book club there was definitely a plot twist towards the end, just FYI, that I was not anticipating. So it was better than I thought. It was a little quirky um, because the main character is this engineer who's kind of, you know, she's engineerish. <laughs> she's kind of weird. So um, anyway, the um, it was good. So I would encourage everyone to, to read that if you can get your hands on it. So now, I feel like I'm really off my A game because I haven't done this in two weeks. So we're going to talk to Amy. 
Okay. Alrighty. So, Amy and I have been sister-in-laws for 15 years because you have a wedding anniversary coming up. In October, yes. Yes. Your wedding anniversary is October 6th. Correct. Right. Because you were married on 10-6-2006 mm-hmm. and I was married on 6-10-2006. <laughs> I know. We didn't plan that. No. I get, I get cheesy when it comes to numbers and how they work out, but I think I remember y'all's anniversary more than I remember your birthday. Probably. When it's a few days right after that. 10, I, thought, I thought they were close. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, so we've been sister-in-laws for around 15 years. And so let's, let's just kind of start back because I don't know if we knew each other that well. Not really. Okay. I didn't think so either. Are you from Baton Rouge? Yes. Did you ever move? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but you went to high school here. We went yes. to the same high school. Correct. All right. And you knew. Okay. So, by the way. So that we don't confuse everyone. I call Amy's husband Corey, and Amy calls him Sam. <laughs> Very confusing. It is confusing. So Corey, it's Samuel Corey Torito. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So did he go by Corey like growing up and then in high school he was like, Well, I want to yes. go by Sam. So he yes. did a switcheroo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So his family, the entire family calls him Corey. Like I've never yep. called him Sam in my life. That's just not what I see him as. But whenever y'all met or maybe became yeah. friends, that was in high school? Yes. Okay. How? He's two years older than That's what me. I thought. Okay, so you graduated high school in 98. 98. You graduated okay. in 96. But we all had, like, the same friends and that kind of thing. Okay. So, so we just knew him as Sam. He wasn't Corey. I feel like, though, you do a nice pivot when we're around the family. Yeah. And now the kids sometimes are like, Corey? (laughs) Just don't worry about it. It's confusing. (laughs) See, and that's the thing about Corey and Sam. Like, those to me are two completely different names. Like, people would think he is a different person. At least, even though I've gotten this before, at least with Melissa and Missy, it's, you know, like, Missy really is the nickname for Melissa. So there's a little bit of cohesiveness there. Not Sam and Corey, no. So they did that thing, our in-laws did that thing where they named their child and called him by his middle name. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway. All right. So, y'all went to Bishop Sullivan. We we graduated from Bishop Sullivan, now St. Michael's. And then you went to LSU? Yep. Went to LSU. Okay. Graduated in what? Uh, marketing. Marketing. Yes. Okay. And from there, you did what? Then I moved to Disney. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We're the same person. <laughs> uh, both of these people sitting in front of me love Disney, and I... Well, we both graduated in marketing and moved to Disney. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Okay. So, what did you? why did you move to Disney? Well, when I was in college, I did the Disney college program. Did you do that? Yes. Yeah. I did the Disney college program for a semester, and you actually get some credit for it, so which was perfect. And then after I graduated, I was like, I want to get out of here, just ready to do something else. I still had a lot of friends that lived there. So I was like, let's go there. And I was there for maybe a little over a year and then decided to move back when Corey and I kind of started talking and dating again, whatever. Or Sam. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so it was awesome. But then that just led to me being more obsessed with Disney than what I already was and you know, then we go twice a year, every year, pretty much. Yeah. So Amy loves Disney. Yeah. So why is it that you love, I, this is, this always perplexes me about people. So I do end up going to Disney with the family. Uh, my, my idea of Disney is like Napa Valley. I'd rather Napa Valley <laughs> over Disney. But why do you love Disney so much? It always perplexes me. Cause I know there's a lot of people that like, they love Disney World. Like I love Disney, but there are people who are like crazy obsessive Disney people with like tattoos and just like they know everything more than what I do. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's just when, when you work there, it's just like a completely different idea of the people you meet, the people you work with. And I love talking to people and working with different people. You just meet so many people and it's just the magical aspect of it. I know that's like cheese ball, but I mean, when I get to Magic Kingdom, I'm like, there's Cinderella's Castle. Oh my God. Okay. Let me uh, take a picture of that. How many pictures of Cinderella Castle do I have? Who knows? But um, it's just, I don't know. I've always loved it. And I love taking the kids there, even though they complain about waiting in lines. But um, I don't know. It's just my place. My place I like to go. It's your happy place. Yes. 
even though sometimes you'll get mad at your kids while you're there. But anyway, so it's just special, I think, because I work there, mm-hmm. and then it, it's just kind of gone over to the family. Yeah. For that. Lainey, what about you? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the same. I mean, for me, it's nostalgic, too, just going as a kid and growing up going there and then working there. You have such a different appreciation for, like, mm-hmm. how things work. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah, you do, because you're like, oh, my God, these people get, you know, the guests get so mad at cast members, but, you know, they work their butt off. Mm. Yeah. It's hot out there. I mean, whenever I did my bad. college program, my shifts were until, like, midnight yeah. and stuff. I'm like, why are you yelling at a 20-year-old? <laughs> like, I'm doing the best I can, you know? Right, right. And, I mean, I don't really have it with, like, the kid aspect, obviously, but, like, I like going just with my friends my age and being able to drink at Epcot and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, me we, and Sam are going for our 15-year anniversary. We changed our mind to where we were going to go, and we said... Well, it's the 50th uh, anniversary of Disney World being open in 1971. We're like, yeah, we need to go. Okay. Yeah, but y'all, I, so I'm going to say this and I'm going to be delicate about it. We've gone before. It was before y'all had kids. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I, not that I don't want to go with kids. I think kids just have a, there's just a little bit of a different yeah. element to it, you know? And so going as an adult, you know, I think you have an appreciation for it when you have gone with your kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, you're, and Amy's. Um, just to remind everyone, so I've talked about my nephews before. So we, Amy has Cooper, who is 10, mm-hmm. Connor, who is 8, and Cameron, who is 4. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a lot for me to keep up with. Their <laughs> so Even um, me. <laughs> I get their names confused. You know, the three C's. But they're adorable. But they're getting older, you know, and I do think that it's a little bit maybe easier, probably Yes and no. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. A little more vocal. Yes. <laughs> Maggie, do you like Disney World? I do like Disney World. Okay. I mean, it's magical. I will say, uh, just in some advice to our listeners, is I don't, I would not recommend going to Disney World for New Year's Eve. No. Well, I've heard that you need to go right now, like right before the 50th anniversary Honestly, celebration. Yeah. Hurricane season is the was best. the best time when yeah. I was down there, because I remember... I was working and there was a storm coming and kids were back in school and we all got off work but just like went to Magic Kingdom and all the wait times yep. were like five minutes. It was great. Mm-hmm. Y'all went last year when I think a storm had hit or yeah, it maybe was it was a tropical storm. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this is awesome. We don't have to go wait in line forever. Yeah. 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 That's when because I there was a there. hurricane. I did mine in 2019. So. I always end up screwing up when they want to go to Disney World because they always want to go in Mardi Gras. And I'm like, I'm never going to go in Mardi Gras. I'm just never going to be able to, until that's, I retire, that's right? A good time to but go I'm to like, y'all go, y'all go. Patrick, you can go. I don't want to be the, you know, the reason why uh, they don't go. So the year that they were going to go Mardi Gras, I think that's when we decided to go for New Year's. And we're on the, I think me and Patrick had gone to dinner. Y'all couldn't make it to dinner because I don't think y'all could actually get there or park. Yeah, the traffic was terrible. Terrible. The park reaches capacity at like noon that day. So me and Patrick were on the, we didn't have a car. They had a car. So we just got on the, I guess, Magical Express or the bus bus, or something. And so the guy's coming on and it's the, it's the 30th. Okay. And they said that the 31st, so New Year's Eve day, is the busiest it's day busy. in Disney World. And so Magic Kingdom will, they max out at like 10. And remember, mm-hmm. we went to MGM that day. Or not MGM anymore. It's Hollywood Studios. Studios. Excuse me. And But do you remember the traffic? Uh-huh. I mean, it was miles. It was miles for people getting in. And here's the thing that perplexes me. I'm just going to put it out there. Magic Kingdom doesn't serve alcohol. Yeah, no. Like, only at the sit-down restaurant. That's yeah. where you need alcohol that's where, yeah, the the first. So, anyway, I think we did. But we went to Hollywood Studios, and that was not... We yeah, got in without were, a problem, yeah, and then I think right. we tried to go to Epcot in the afternoon. And we actually... That resort we stayed at, we could see the fireworks from mm-hmm. the resort. So, so some lodge. Wilderness lodge. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, reminiscing over that. But we did learn our lesson that we... I don't even think Amy will go back at that And I tell people... Because... Missy was mentioning that I'm Disney travel planner. I tell people, I'm like, look, I'm just letting you know if you go Don't Christmas week and New Year's week, it is packed. Now, sometimes that's the only time people can go. I say, you just, we just got to plan out things specifically. It's not even fun at that point. No. 
You're shoulder to shoulder with yeah. people. Well, and then the next day, it was raining. Yeah. Remember that? We watched Cameron. Um, and so, like, you know, our mother and uh, father-in-law, they're they're pretty chill on vacation. Like, they're not like we're going to get up at 6 a.m. and go to the parks. Like, they're, they don't they don't really care about that kind of stuff. So, that's, that's kind of nice because I feel like if I was with my dad, who I love my dad, he would be texting me at 6 a.m. Okay, let's go. I'm ready to go. Um, okay. We don't even do that with our kids. I well, mean, and you we know don't go until like nine or. But 9:30. you know the park so well too, right. you know, and that makes a difference. So okay, let's we we could talk. Uh, we could talk fun. Disney forever. We could talk Disney, but uh, so, and, and I think I take it I take for granted the fact that Amy knows it so well. So when we do go on vacation, I literally do nothing except get my magic band. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to deal with all these people and yes. I'm stressed out. I feel like me. I'm pretty. Easy y'all are going. y'all are. I'm like that's fine. I don't care easy. where we stay. It doesn't matter to me. Um, okay, so you moved back from Disney. And is that when you started working at CC's? Yes. So we're at CC's Coffee House. Okay. I was a manager for a few years. So what land did you, you graduated in marketing, went to Disney, and then came back and you well, I worked for, for CC's Coffee when I was in college. Oh, okay. After okay. I came back from my college program in Disney. So I loved it working there then. And I was like, well, let's just see, because I already worked there before and, you know, didn't have any issues getting a management job. Okay. Um, so I loved working there. And then um, I got promoted to marketing there and then um, to pretty much jack of all trades, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, I opened up stores, came up with drink, you know, different drinks, like all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. But it was, once I was about to have a child, it was getting much harder to to keep up with. Because, I mean, I'd be in New Orleans, Lafayette, like all different places. And Weren't you sometimes leaving at like 4 o'clock in the morning to get to New Orleans and so, you were pregnant? So after Katrina, because th- it was completely a mess there, um, we were trying to open stores there. So me and a few people from Baton Rouge, we would leave Baton Rouge at like 4 o'clock in the morning to get there to help them open up the stores, even if it was just to make coffee, because they didn't really have anything else that they could make. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I wasn't pregnant at that time. Okay. Um, so I was able to do all that stuff because I don't think I'd want to do that when I was pregnant. No. So just after that, it was trying to get them back up to speed, but I, you know, I loved working it, but eventually it was, it was a lot harder. <laughs> do you ever go to Starbucks or are you CC's through and through? No, I go to Starbucks a lot. Okay. <laughs> I, I still go to CC's, but, um, kind of just depends on where I am. Yeah. Location. Journey. Location. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so then got pregnant with Cooper. Correct. And at that point, you had stopped working at CC's. Or well, after I had Cooper, okay, I stopped working after I was through with my maternity leave and okay. all that stuff, and took a break for a little while, and then decided I wanted to go into real estate, and said, let's just see how this works out. Yeah. So you've been doing that since for about ten years, right? You didn't. You just yeah, have just ten years in August. Yeah, so I've always told Amy I would never want to sell real estate because I feel like it is so emotional and like just her dealing with me and Patrick and we're family. I'm like, uh, y'all were easy. <laughs> I know, but we still get like we when we put the offer on this house, we're calling Amy at like nine o'clock on a Saturday night, and she's just like, hey, okay, what you got? Because I do think though, me and Patrick are actually talking about this. Um, you're a pretty driven, ambitious individual. Like I, I don't feel like you like to sit around. No. Which like so could be bad to some people, like my family, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, I'm kind of the same, you know, yeah. I'm pretty ambitious and driven. Okay, so you get into real estate, and, you know, I think maybe it took a couple of years to get that off the ground. Mm-hmm. You are having one of your best years, I think, that you've ever had. Yeah, this year's been awesome. So, when it comes to real estate, so let's talk about, let's just kind of educate people on the market and how all of that works, because I don't know Diddly Squat, even though Amy has... Uh, we've bought two houses with you. We've sold two houses with you. Correct. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I would say that this past time was a little bit smoother in selling our house because of the, I would assume, because of the market and the location of that house in the yes. Garden District. The yes. one before, it was a little bit of a challenge for her to try to sell. Well, y'all had it as a rental before. I know, but it was still, it was like a spec home. It was just kind of hard. Well, it was kind yeah. of hard. So, yeah. okay, so with the market right now, so what exactly is it that, and, and pardon my ignorance, but we have low inventory? Yes. Is that what makes this a seller's market? 
Yes. Why is there low inventory? What And does this just kind of like ebb and flow? Low inventory, high inventory? Is that kind of what it does? Well, usually it would, but this year has just been crazy with the interest rates. Um, a lot of people with COVID, at least some of my experience with my people are like, well, I'm homeschooling. I only have a three-bedroom. Now I need a four-bedroom or a three-bedroom with an office. I have a lot of people that have gone up in how much square footage or rooms they need. Same, A lot of other agents I talked to in the same situation. Um, so from January to about August, it's been pretty busy for everybody. Um, it's kind of slowed down when we get to school and right now with the hurricane. Um, but the interest rates are still great. You know, I mean, what did y'all get? 2.75. Yeah. And that's, so even with that, people are still getting that. People are just wanting to move. And you think some people just are getting, because so many people were home during COVID, they were just kind of like, okay, I've done all of my house projects and now I just want to do something different. And I yes. know, I, you know, there's a little bit of a peace of mind knowing that you're going to be able to sell your house. Like yes. we, our garden district house sold and our water heater was broken from the ice yes. apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> it's still sold. And it was kind of stressful because we all we need, fixed it. it yeah, but we needed the inspector to get out there. And so right, we got out there and I'm right. like, yeah, there's no water yet. <laughs> the water heater fixed. But, um, and so are you just getting referred, like for, as a real estate agent, do you get referrals from other agents from, fr- I mean, how do you, I'm how starting to get more referrals from my past clients or family. As you've been in the business a little bit longer, you start to get, you know, more of that. So it was hard at first, but being from Baton Rouge and, you know, just always knew a lot of people. I mean, I still get people from high school that I hadn't talked to in 10 or 12 years, 15 years maybe. Like, hey, are you still taking clients? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm taking clients. Okay. I know. Would you ever stop taking a client? No, no. (laughs) But, I mean, there are people that do, you know, if they have so many. But if it's somebody that I know, I wouldn't do that. Um, but people are buying, you know, rental properties right now after Hurricane Ida, rental properties, like everybody's trying to find a rental property Mm -hmm. now. There is none. Um, just a lot of people doing investment properties, just everything all around, except for maybe building because building is expensive. I I was about to actually ask that in terms of building. So lumber was really high for a while. I'm assuming that's still the case or is it come down? It's kind of come down a little bit. Um, but if you're doing like a custom house, it's kind of, it's a lot. Yeah. And it could take a year. Like if you can't get the supplies in, it could take a while. Okay. So, if somebody were to build, do they use a real estate agent for that, or? Well, it depends on if you're going with, like, a spec home builder. So, say, um, DR Horton, DSLD, Level Homes, they just build homes, and then they sell them. But you can go and pick out your plan and build on a lot, whereas you would need an agent for that. When we built our house... We didn't really need an agent for anything. Obviously, I was an agent, but I wouldn't really have to go find anybody to help me buy that lot or build that house. Mm -hmm. You can. It's just, you know, you don't have to. Yeah, so I guess why do people hire a real estate agent? I mean, I know why I use you, but why do other people hire a real estate agent? That's a great question, Missy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) See, this is, I'm just, you know, prepping for my broadcast journalism career. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, a lot of people... You know, like like you and Patrick, y'all are like, I, I don't want to deal with it. I, I don't want to let people in my house. I want you to take care of it. You know the um, different things that, you know, contracts and all of that, how to handle working through negotiations. Some people are like, I don't want to talk to people. Just you handle it. It goes through you. And um, now as far as, now as, as far as like being a listing agent, a lot of people just say you take care of it. Now, as far as being a buyer's agent, I I work with a lot of first-time home buyers, and they're like, I have no idea what to do. And it's a lot of work working with buyers, but I I really like working with buyers because they're so excited to buy their new house and move in and and all of that. And um, it's just, they don't have to pay an agent. You know, when you're a buyer, buyer, you don't have to pay an agent to buy a house. A lot of people don't know that. If you're listing the house, that's who pays the sellers pay the commission to the buyer's agent and the listing agent. Some people don't know that. So I don't think I knew that until you told me that, I think in this last time that we yeah. did. I don't think I ever was really 
you're like, no, no, no. When you buy this house, the seller yeah. pays. You know that. So it's most of the time it's about six percent commission, right? Give or yeah. take four to six percent. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it. That's what I thought it was. And then y'all split it, right? Yes, usually. Okay. okay. It's a. You know, it's kind of different for for everybody, but that's pretty much what it is. So. That's what's great about a buyer, especially somebody who's new, that may not have that much money to spend on that. They can come in and, and have your services. Well, so, so basically, why go why go into your first time buying a house without a real estate agent? Exactly. You shouldn't, right? No, you should not. Well, and, the, and here's the other thing. So, I mean, the whole contract process is one thing. To me, having, having a real estate agent is almost the same thing as having an attorney, you know, Rep, they're representing you, right? So, yeah, I don't want to negotiate with anybody. Like, I, and Amy, ain't, she ain't got no problem negotiating with people on your behalf. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad you're doing this because I don't want to do that. But the other thing is, so you buy a house and the house has to be inspected. Mm-hmm. And if you don't really, and the buyer chooses the inspector, right? They can. Okay. I have a few that I work with that I'll recommend. Right, yeah. Um, but I always try and say it's, ultimately your choice because I don't want to be responsible if you're like oh I didn't like that inspector yeah but I'll recommend the people that I use mostly but that is also a process I don't know if first-time home buyers realize I mean you have to have a good inspector that's gonna you know that's gonna look at every nook and cranny I can tell you that when I walked into our brand new house there was blue tape all over the wall. Mm-hmm. Amy, were you, did you come by? Yes, we were going somewhere. Did. And Amy, Amy has blue tape everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice that, you know. And so I think that that's because once you get the inspector's report, normally it's 50 pages. I mean, the guy we used was super mm-hmm. thorough. 50 pages, and then you got to go back and you got to ask for what you want, and then they might not give you what you want. And then you know that that to me is almost. I feel like we get very excited when an offer gets accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, okay, good, we we settled on a price. And then you have all this other stuff to do. Because you've had deals fall through before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really get excited until I sign. For inspections, you know, sometimes there's roof. I mean, this year I think I've had to have three roofs replaced, two or three roofs replaced on listings that I've had because, you know, either hail damage or something like that. Um, And, you know, they wouldn't close until, until that situation was resolved. And sometimes it's not depending on who your insurance company is. So I'm surprised to hear that though, being that, you know, the sellers are kinda in the driver's seat right now, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Like they're mm-hmm. Well, and it has to do with your loan. Like if an appraiser goes out mm-hmm. to tell to tell you, Okay, your house is worth this much, they can tell you, Oh no, you need a new roof. Mm-hmm. Or you need part of this roof redone or, or things like that. They can tell you that and then, you know, you have to kinda work through that. So, I've had that happen too. <laughs> so, yeah, the appraisal process also makes me a nervous wreck because as the seller, if you're, let's say you're listing your house for $350 and it appraises for $325, I don't think you have to reduce your price, right. but I don't necessarily know if the buyer is going to now want to buy the house that's not appraising for right. what, yes, yeah, so. And pay $25,000 out of pocket. I have yeah. a huge sigh of relief when Amy texted me and was like, okay, your appraisal on your house is fine. I was like, Whoa, okay, thank God. Yeah. You know, I'm always a little bit on edge. So would you say that, that it's stressful being a real estate agent? Uh, yes, <laughs> especially having three kids. Because <laughs> you're working I mean, all the time. You're probably working yeah. more on the weekends. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do. You're yeah. always on, too. Cause yeah. You never know when someone's Yeah, I mean, I was already work. talking to somebody on the way over here, like, okay, let's write this up and you know, whatever. And it's just, it's stressful when, definitely when you have kids, but you're also, I mean, you're working with a lot of people who have a lot of different emotions and you have to have a, a tough, I guess, a tough mindset because sometimes you get yelled at, sometimes people are crying, people are emotional and you're just like, okay, I'm here. I can do, you know, whatever. And sometimes they're not necessarily yelling at me. It's they're really mad at the seller or the buyer, but I'm the in-between. So I'll hear that and I'm like, oh gosh, okay. You know, sometimes I'm worrying in the middle of the night about it. I'm like, oh gosh, what if this deal falls through? And, you know, just worrying. I actually think you're the perfect personality to be a real estate agent because you're not an overly emotional person. I try not to be. (laughs) Or at least you come off like you're not emotional. Um, Haven't you had before, though, where the buyers and sellers, like, they couldn't even be in, this was pre-COVID, they couldn't even, like, be in the same room to close because it got so tense? Yes. 
That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of the one like going in between. Well, they'll have another agent, but kind of the one like going in between. But I mean, it happens, but I'll tell you what, I learned something new like all the time, even being 10 years. I mean, there's a ton of agents that I have been in a lot longer than I have. And they're like, we learned something new all the time. I mean, it's just different things that come up and you're like, I haven't had this happen. Let me go back and read this contract about 20 times before I say yes or no, we can cancel the contract or you know, whatever's on there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work. I'm not an attorney. I always will go and talk to the title attorney or my broker if it's like, I need help answering this because I don't want to tell them the wrong thing. Yeah. And because, I mean, this is a, it's a legal contract. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a two, 300. I mean, I just had Sometimes somebody buy a $500,000, you know, it's, that's like your biggest investment, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you want to make sure you're doing whatever you can to handle it correctly. So, on top of all of this, you just decided a couple of years ago to become a Disney travel yes. agent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's great about it is that, of course, I love Disney. But what's also great about it is being in real estate. I mean, I work with people both ways. It's like, oh, okay, you're my realtor. Hey, book me a Disney trip or vice versa. Um, so, it's it's kind of helped on... Now, can you just book Disney trips or are there other places that people can go? So I can book Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, Adventures by Disney. Um, I don't really do anything outside of that because I don't know as much about other places. That's my forte, I guess. Mm -hmm. But there's stuff I still don't know about Disney. I was listening to Disney podcasts on the way over here actually um, about certain things. So it's always something new to learn. But everybody kept asking me, hey, tell me what place to go to. Tell me what it is. And I'm like, I'm going to become a travel player. Yeah, if I'm going to do this, I might as well make some money. Yeah. yeah. And they don't pay me. Disney pays me. That's what I was, right. was, yeah. was going to do. It's that a free service to them. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go through me. Disney pays. Well, the company I'm with uh, that I work through, they pay me. So because if you call in the Disney line, you're paying the same amount of money through the Disney line as if you come to me. And then so you're I can basically help you. getting a referral fee. So Disney's taking the exactly. cut, for lack of better words, to right. pay you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then I plan out your trip, do your dining. Unfortunately, there's no more fast passes. Um, Ever? Are they never? Is they're coming back mm-hmm. with something, but it's confusing. R.I.P. I'm not even gonna <laughs> talk about that yet. Yeah. So I try and do, and I'm getting more people starting to book. I mean, I already have three or four people booked for Mardi Gras um, in 2022. Yeah. Now, the I've heard the Disney cruises, though. We went on one, but, I mean, I was, like, 10. So. You did the Disney one? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, a long time ago. Or maybe I was 12. I don't really know. Um, it was over Thanksgiving, though. And I remember being on that boat on Thanksgiving Day, and it was rocking so bad. Half the people were sick. I don't get seasick, so I didn't have that issue. But um, I've heard the Disney cruises. I'm assuming the boats, they've come out with a lot more ships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That those are really nice. Yes. Are those booking now, even with COVID? They did start booking. Okay. Um, I had somebody that pushed back probably four times that they were supposed to go April of last year. What was that, 2020? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they just came out with, you have to be vaccinated to go if you're 12 or older. If you're under 12, you have to get two COVID tests, one five days before, and then one when you're about to get on the ship. So I had people cancel. They're like, I have some people that don't want to get the, the vaccine. I mean, they got all their money back. It was just, I don't know, it was sad. It's like they've moved it back so many times, and then this comes out. So they still have a lot of people in the going on the ship, but, of course, they have a you know reduced capacity, mm-hmm. but you have to wear your mask the whole time. And just when you're in those tight quarters, it kind of make, it would make me nervous, too. So, so they're still tra- starting to do them more. I do find cruise ships, even before COVID, you know, like there was always stories. They're like, they if somebody break. is sick, Report it to the yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, it's just you're in close quarters yeah. for, in like, close quarters, you know, mm-hmm. for, for a lot of those ships. Okay. So, back to Disney World, though. I mean, like, so somebody could call you and just say, hey, I've never been to Disney. Or, hey, I've only been with my husband. I want to take my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to go for five days. And do they give you a budget? Or do you just kind of, can you just whip something up for them? You well, know? I'll usually, like, say, okay, when do you want to go? How long do you want to go? What What's your budget? 
because I mean, there's difference from value resorts all the way up to these deluxe resorts that can cost a thousand dollars a night, maybe mm-hmm. depending on when you're going. So the budget is probably the biggest thing you have to work with um, because you Disney may not be able is to not afford that. Expensive. No, and even if you can get a good deal on like a room, you're still going to be spending a lot of money for food, etc. Where would you say is the most popular place that you book? Pop Century, which is a value resort. Um, I've never heard of this place, Amy. Yeah. We've never stayed there. No, we have not. It's expensive. No, it's cheap. No, I was going to uh, say, y'all sound like y'all stay at the nice ones. <laughs> no, I don't want to say it's cheap. It's actually the higher version of a value resort. Okay. So the other value resorts are like all-star music, sports. Um, That's where the Edelman family usually stays. <laughs> Pop. What is it called? No, Pop the, the all-star. Okay. So Pop Century now, um, they have the Skyliner that you can take to Hollywood Studios or Epcot. So it's become a lot more popular, but they just completely redid all the rooms. Um, I've been there. Yeah. Me and another travel planner went a few months ago, and I stayed there. Because I hadn't stayed there before. But I always tell people that's probably the most popular value resort to stay in because it has the Skyliner, and all the rooms have been redone. Oh, okay. So where is that on the property? It is... Kind of by, I would say it's close to Hollywood Studios. Okay. That would be the closest one. Um, but with the Skyliner there, like, it adds a lot more, um, I would say, value to being at that resort if somebody does not want to spend five, $600 a night. But I do have people that want to stay at the Contemporary because they can ride the monorail. Wow. But, you know, I tell people, it's like, you whatever your budget is, some people are like, I'm going to the park at 6, I'm coming back at midnight, I just need a place to sleep. Okay, well, you don't want to spend this much money on a room. Right. Now, I do because I'm not going to the park from 6 a.m. Right. to 12. So, I feel like one of the, my favorite places that we stayed, um, and I think, you, I think two of the boys were born, was, I don't know if it was the beach club, but like that whole area. Yeah, the boardwalk. The boardwalk. Mm-hmm. I like that because you can get to Epcot. I'd say that was probably one of my favorite places mm-hmm. that we yeah. stayed. That yeah. was fun because you can take the boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we did. Took the boat or you could walk to the back of Epcot, which is mm-hmm. if you want to drink. Right. Which, <laughs> which is did. where we wanted to go. Which is what we did. It's what the Toritos did. Yeah. Responsibly, yeah. of course. But, yes. You know. Exactly. Um, okay. So I guess if you had to choose between like, what do you like more, a, being a Disney travel agent or being a real estate agent, which one do you like better? Oh, gosh. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> Very hard thing. Um, well, I love being a real estate agent. It's so flexible. Of course, the money is really good. Mm -hmm. You make like lifelong friends. I mean, some of these people I was talking to after the hurricane, Hey, just checking on you. I hadn't talked to them probably like three or four years. And they're like, Oh, we appreciate you checking in on me. And, but with Disney, there's also stress. I'm like, well, I didn't get this dining reservation. I'm like, oh, gosh, okay, I'm going to try and get you the dining and are reservation. are people contacting you, like, while they're on their yes, trip? I have been contacted while they're on the trip. Okay. So it's almost kind of similar. Okay. <laughs> I just don't make that much money from the Disney side. <laughs> but it is kind of similar. Like, I've had people that are contacting me when they're on their trip or, or whatever. But I, I really do like the real estate side because you really do make, like, friends and it's flexible, especially with the kids. It's just, it's it's amazing the things that real estate agents do and what, who you can meet. That's why I really like that a lot. And you get to see some cool houses. Oh yeah, that's probably like one of the best things. Because I'm like, oh Sam, we need to move over here. He's like, Amy, we're not moving. <laughs> How many times have you moved? I really not that no, many. Because no. when we built our house about five years ago, Sam was like, we're never moving again. But I'm always like, I saw this house over here. He's like, no, no. But the kids ride the bus. It gets them. They get on and off the bus right in front of our house. So it's. But y'all are in a good location right oh, now yeah. in terms of Baton Rouge. I mean, by the interstate over yeah, there. By we live in Jefferson Hall. Terrace. Yeah, in Perkins so Row. Not. not Far. I mean, Corey's ridden his bike to work yes. before he's so close to work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tell Amy, I think I told Amy after we bought the Wisteria house eight years ago, I was like, I'm never moving again. And then we found this other house, and I'm like, I'm never moving again. This was actually good. I was not. That's ready. a great house, though. The house we're in now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has a garage. It has a garage, <laughs> and it has the laundry room 
In the um, basically yeah. in the master closet. I yeah. wish I had that. It's a great house. It, I feel like I tell people this about this house. It, the bedrooms are pretty small, except for the master. Yeah. So it's kind of like made for two people mm-hmm. without kids. Because mm-hmm. I think about like the guest bedroom. Yeah, it's got a bed in it, but there's not a lot of room. No. Like your you even your yeah. three kids would have a hard time in those. You know, getting everything in the in the bedroom. Like, you could have an infant and probably a toddler, right. but once they got into high school, right. so it was, like, weird. It's just, like, it was kind of just you meant to be. you got to have the space where you need it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I actually talked to my interior designer today, and I'm like, hey, any update on my couch? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, can we just cancel the order and start over? Good grief. No, no couch. Everything is taken forever. 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 But that was, I mean, that was a pretty... Uh, Painless process, I would say. Um, would it make sense for somebody who has a timeshare for Disney to still hire you as or probably Disney? not? Which I have timeshare. We have the Disney Vacation Club, um, which is the Disney timeshare. Now they could buy tickets through me, and I can still book all of their stuff, but they can't book a room through me. Like they would still be going through DVC mm-hmm. to book that because you have points. So, but I have had people just buy their their tickets with me and then I'll still do all their stuff for okay. them but most people who own DVC are always like I already know what to do like me what's your favorite park probably Epcot yeah. I wouldn't have said that a long time ago but as a kid I didn't like Epcot no. as an adult I like Epcot a lot mm-hmm. Animal Kingdoms move up on my list a lot I like Animal Kingdom I used well to now they like have my least favorite. really good rides my Magic Kingdom is by far Low on the totem pole yes. for me. Yes, um, kids love Magic it. Kingdom is the worst one. Yeah, to me. Yeah, as an adult. But I actually, um, I don't know. Do you like the roller coasters? Some of them. Okay. Cooper wants to ride them like three or four times. I'm like, Sam, you go with him. I'm not riding that. Yeah, I. Uh, whenever we went the last time, I don't know why me and Patrick. And it might have been, I don't know, we've, we've been a couple times, so I might be getting this confused. But for some reason, me and Patrick were by ourselves at Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. We ended up there by ourselves. And the we couldn't get a Fast Pass at that point to rock and roller coaster. And I didn't get to ride it the time before. And oh, I was yeah, like, I was like I mean, pouting like a child. And Patrick was like, I didn't realize you liked roller coasters. And I was like, yeah, are you going to go with me? And he's like, uh, no, that one goes upside down. I don't go upside down. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go through the single, single rider, rider line. line. That's the trick. With yeah. the single rider line, I'm riding, riding with this, like, 12-year-old kid. I'm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> you know, Patrick's crying for me. Well, this kid didn't seem scared at all, you know. But Patrick likes Space Mountain, and I find Space Mountain to be a little freaky. Yeah. I'm like, my head's going to hit. Yes. My head is going yes. to Yes, I know. That, one, I that know. one's a little a little creepy. So, okay. So, our, our, here's here's our takeaways, right? First time home buyers, you need a real estate agent. Yes. Let's talk about first time sellers, right? Again, if you're selling your house, I still think some people think they can do it by themselves. But, I mean, the real estate agent helps with the listing. Correct. Marketing it, Right. Yes. Kind of reaching out to your mm-hmm. referrals and your real estate agent right. contacts and stuff like that. Um, what would be some recommendations? Like when you see health, uh, houses, and again, this market is a little different because I feel right. like any house is selling. So let's just say just in a normal, very even keel market, if that exists, what do sellers need to be thinking about if they're going to list their house? Well, I'll usually try and give my sellers like here's a... A list of things you need to make sure you have done before we list it. Um, you know, declutter, pictures up on the wall, pick you know stuff on your fridge. Depersonalize, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then try and just front of the house when people drive up. Like if they think it looks horrible, they're gonna be like, eh, I don't know if I want to go in. So trying to make your flower beds or if you need to paint the front, um, you know, doing things like that. Some people don't want to spend that money, but that's more of an investment to help you sell it. And in the long run, it's not going to be that much money to do that. Lately, a lot of people have been doing staging. That is helping people sell homes a lot. Um, now, this year has been a little different because you almost don't have to do anything, and then the house sells. But last year, and it's just become pretty popular to stage a house. And when people see that, they're like, oh, I can picture how my things are going to be. And that... You know, sometimes you can sell a house for a lot more just with staging. Would you say that houses sell quicker, faster, or better if they're empty or have furniture? Have furniture. Think so? Mm-hmm. 
Because people get more of an idea of where things are or where things can go or not go. See, and I love walking into an empty house. Oh, not me. No, because I got to figure out, like, it's just a, it's empty. It's a blank sheet. Like, okay, I, so you're, like, you prefer the furniture? You don't, you would too, right? Wouldn't that My be? house I bought just now I was know. totally empty. And it was also brand new, though. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of overwhelmed you, right? I was like, what am I doing with all this space? Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> you're like, Maggie, everything overwhelms me. There's windows so. here. There's windows here. Like, I don't know. I, I like to have someone. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes if it is staged, you're like, oh, I really like this couch, where did they get it from? So things like if, that. let's say, you know, because one of the things that I find challenging in the home mm-hmm. buying and selling process, so you already own a home, is the timing of it all, right? And I kind of feel like you might be damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? Mm-hmm. So I, me and Patrick, you know, we have a tendency to buy a house before we list our house, which means that normally by the time we've listed our house, we might have furniture in there, but we're we're going to be moving out pretty mm-hmm. soon. So mm-hmm. our house is going to be listed empty. So if that's the case for someone, can't you like hire someone to come in with and like put furniture in there? Yes. To stage it? Yes. Okay. So I, I had somebody that I was like, okay, y'all really need to get some stuff out of here because they've just been living there so long. So they went and got a storage room, and I said, we need to, like, minimize the things that you can take out because there's just so much furniture in here. So have them take out as much as they could and just – because they still had to live there. Have your things that you definitely need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes they have a chair sitting in the corner over here, you know, that doesn't fit with this table right now. And I'm like, we just need to try and get as much stuff out as you can so it's not cluttering the whole house. Make it look smaller. Right, you know. right. And, and sometimes it does, depending on how big your dresser might be. I and mean, sometimes you go on some of these and you're like, that dresser's taking up the whole mm-hmm. the whole room. Um, so I find there are people who can't sell and buy, you know, or, or buy before they sell. And that's how you kind of have to work it out with them is like, let's work on getting a storage room or a pod or something like that to get some of the stuff out. Well, and have have you been in a situation where somebody sold their house and they need to buy another one, but they can't because the inventory is so low? Yes. Yeah. And then About three like, or four times this yeah, year. Yeah, you're like moved. Oh, like, okay. So um, I do also think, you know, since you work with a bunch of buyers and sellers, I, I, I feel like different people and depending on the area in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. people are looking at different things. Yes. Does that make sense? Because they're like... Yes. I'm going to take the Garden District as an example. I feel like people just want to move to that area. Right. Like, they expect the house to be old. They expect some sort of work to be done. They expect the floors to probably need some work. Mm-hmm. They're looking for charm and an area. Whereas, right. if you're kind of moving to a different part of the town, a different part of town, they're probably looking for something more updated, uh, you know, bigger bathroom, bigger, like, you don't right. go to the Garden right. District thinking, I'm going to get this, like, that our, Y'all's our bathroom happened to be actually big. Awesome. It was actually pretty big. So, yeah. now, but not compared to this house. No. small, but <laughs> no. In, compared to the Garden District. So, I mean, do you kind of, do you ever tell someone, like a buyer, and they're like, hey, I saw this listing, you know, and they've been looking at just brand new construction, but then they want to go look in Garden District, or you kind of like, that's probably not, you're probably not going to like that, or do you just let them figure it out? Well, as I've been in it a little bit longer, I've got to the point where I'm like, okay, let's be honest. You told me you wanted this. Now we're looking at this. Are you wanting to kind of switch because you're not seeing things you want in the, you know, in this area? And, and it's happened. Or I say, okay, you're approved for this amount. This needs a ton of work. Do you want to do the work or do you just want to spend that much more money and you don't have to do anything? And so people are like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. And and that's what I'm here to do is help people figure out what they want. Even if I have a big list of, oh, I want a big backyard. I want this. I want this. Okay, I saw this house. Mm, I don't know. I might want bigger backyard. Okay. So you just go down and just eliminate things. And if they come back and say, well, I really like this house. I'm okay that it's two-story, even if I wanted a one-story. Maybe it only has a bonus room upstairs and not five bedrooms downstairs. So you really have to be able to work with people and know what they're looking for in the market and know the market. I mean, I'm not going to say I can go to, you know, what, New Roads and know everything about New Roads. I've sold houses over there, but that's not my specialty. I sell most houses in Baton Rouge and surrounding areas. Yeah. Most Baton Rouge. And do you, do you think, so like, again, so somebody, let's say they're looking to get into real estate, 
um, I, I feel like it could be kind of intimidating at first. Yeah, it it was because, I mean, I remember I made a mistake a few times and I'm like, oh, I thought that I was supposed to do this, but oh, okay. Luckily, I didn't like get in trouble for it, but I mean, it could have been like a, a big situation, but you need to have money to set aside because um, you have to take all these courses. You have to pay dues and fees and things like this to start with. Um and I remember I talked to, to an agent when I first got into it. She was like, look, if you can make it two years, two to three years, you should be good to do Do a lot of people not make it two to three years? Like no. Most percentage of people? No. And if and if you're still working another job, like you're kind of doing it part-time, it, it's harder to, to get to move into full-time because if you're Your a teacher time, or something like that, I mean, I get texts at 6 a.m. sometimes or, you know, at night. You may not be able to answer during the day or go show houses during the day if you have another job. So somebody really has to think about, can I afford to get rid of my other job and just do this full time? Why do you think most people go into real estate as an agent? Flexibility and money. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. To start with. And then once you get into it, you're like, oh man, I love helping people. I love going to houses you know, and but flexibility and money, but you don't make the money at first. You know, you, you don't. It's it's hard to get out there at the beginning. <sighs> Spend money to make money. Exactly. <laughs> I tell Maggie that all the time. Whenever we're working on a prospect and we've done nothing but give free advice, I'm like, it's an investment. It's an investment. It's so, an investment. I, look, I do it too, and it's just sometimes I have people that look and they're like, well, we decided not to sell. I'm yeah. Like, okay. It just you know, can you give me referrals and and things like that? And they do. You know, it's it's part of it. Yeah. I do a Same. lot of free things. Yeah. So do we sometimes, yeah. you know. It's just it, what it is to and, get business. And I feel like, yeah, and I feel like, though, if you, like, really, truly have a passion for what you're doing, that's ultimately what you do. Like, right. I just, you know, I, I tell Maggie, I'm like, we do have to be careful in our free advice because sometimes it's what we say can get very technical. And I certainly don't want us to open Pandora's box to something. Right. But, like, right. I'm probably never going to be that person that's like, okay, you want me to tell you this for 15 minutes? I'm going to send you a bill. Like, I just don't want to. <laughs> like an attorney. Like an attorney. <laughs> yeah. They can bill all the time. Um, I okay. I don't want to do that. So, we really didn't talk about the kids at all. I don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Your kids are great. All three of them, I feel like, are so different. Yes. So, Cooper, Mr. Athlete. Yeah. Competitive. He's my oldest. Stubborn. I'm the oldest. He's probably just like me. Oh, he is. He is a little Amy. Um, yeah. So. Connor. Connor's kind of like Corey. <sighs> he's middle child syndrome. That's just what it is. <laughs> I know it. Yeah, he's he's probably most like, like Corey. But I say this about Connor, and I don't know if he's just a, a suck up, but like he's the most lovable one yes. in terms of like... Aunt Miss Miss, I love you. Aunt Miss Miss, thank you. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But he also can he also can be stubborn. Ooh. He's probably my most stubborn. Yeah, I would say. Okay, and then Cameron. I haven't quite figured out. Cameron's just kind of he's the four year old. Yeah, he's just he's the youngest, so he gets whatever he wants. That's just what he does. <laughs> he does not. He does. They're like, well, why does Cameron get to watch his iPad and I don't get to watch mine? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want him throwing a fit on the ground. Yeah, well, I kind of just feel like that just happens. <laughs> but you kind of probably get tired by the by that third one, I would assume. Well, now he's going to pre-K. I'm like, okay, you have to get up. Like, you have to go to school. There's no, oh, I'll go into school at 9 o'clock and, you know, the daycare. No, you have to go. You How's he doing? Moving. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. He said he doesn't like to take a nap. He doesn't want to close his eyes. And I was like, I bet you do. I bet you you end up closing your eyes and you go to sleep. No, I don't. I will not close my eyes. That's what he says. Okay, I'm going to email your teacher and find out. I would say Amy's kids. Cameron, I felt like, was probably one of your better sleepers when he was younger. I don't know. Amy's kids do not like to sleep. I'll just go ahead and put that out. Me and Patrick are like, God, we're tired. We're going to bed. They have a lot of energy. Sometimes they don't go to bed. Like, I don't think they went to bed until like 1030 last night. I'm like... like Falling asleep. Yeah. I just don't know if ever... I mean, some kids just don't need a lot of no. sleep. Um, okay, so really quick, we're going to wrap up with um, our five awesome questions and mm. thank yous. But Wonderful. best way for people to get in touch with you on both of these uh, oh, endeavors <laughs> or is social media, like Facebook, follow you on Facebook. I think you're on Instagram too. Mm-hmm. Like, is mm-hmm. that just the easiest way? Yeah, I would say usually most of the time if I have people that don't know my email or my phone number, I'll like 
people from high school or whatever, they'll message me on Facebook. Yeah, they'll just be sending you. So, I mean, if you look up Amy Torito, A-I-M-E-E. Yeah, I was about to say that. T-E-R-I-T-O. Right. There's not, not two R's. There's not two R's. That is um, the fruit sand people that don't yes. know what happened there. Yeah, so I get a lot of messages on Facebook because, I mean, really, Facebook is great it's for, handy. I mean, when you haven't talked to somebody in a long time, I would say Facebook's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, okay, so would you prefer, these are very easy, these are, these are way easier questions than what I asked earlier. Oh, great. Would you prefer wine or a margarita? Ooh. I know, I know her, so I was, I knew to, I could change that. That's hard. I know. I knew it was going to be hard. Margarita. Okay. I was going to put my money on a margarita, so. Yeah. Okay. Of course, it depends on what, where it's from. Right, exactly. Me and Amy are kind of margarita snobs. All right. Um, chocolate or Vanilla. Vanilla. Winter or summer? Summer. Coffee or tea? Coffee. And are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Really? Mm-hmm. Corey's a night owl. Yes. I'm like, it's 1130 or you in bed. <laughs> Patrick's kind of the same way, too, except whenever he gets up early to go to work, then he's, like, tired. I'm like, right, that's what happens. The only reason day. I'm an early bird, though, is because I have to get my kids up at 6.30 or whatever time. So, I don't know if I'd actually... I feel like everybody just, like, thinks I'm an early bird because I get up and work out. Yeah. But most of the time, it's because I have to. On Sunday, I slept till 9 a.m. and it felt amazing. I don't know the last time I slept that long. It was after we watched the LSU game, which was a little stressful. That was a little yeah. stressful. <laughs> See, I know you're an early bird because you consider 9 a.m. to be sleeping in. Yeah, right? It's not? Not for me. No. Is that what you... I don't know. <laughs> it is for me. I mean, obviously. Yeah, what time kid. do you want? Oh, I could sleep all day. Like, if I have to get up... If I get up on the weekends at a decent time, it's because I've set an alarm. I'm very good at sleeping. Oh. That's Sam. Me too. I'm like, Sam, it's 10.30. Oh. You gotta Patrick, go take the kids. Patrick's uh, like whatever. out like a light at like 10 in the morning, and I've been up since like 7. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of stuff done. So maybe I am an early bird, but I'm not at... I like 5.30 is not what I would wake up if I didn't have to. Probably yes, 7. Yes, yes. I'm probably more of a 7, 7 to 8 a.m. And I'm sure it, like, routine, you get used to your body, like, well, natural yeah. alarm clock. Which is also kind of annoying, though, sometimes. Because there's just some times that you're like, I want to sleep for 12 hours. But your body's like, yeah. especially like when we, so when we went to Jackson Hole, so all we did was gain an hour. It was only an hour. But, I mean, I'm still, like, waking up at 6 a.m. and I'm like... I mean, why do we? We also went to bed kind of early because we, we hiked to go to bed. It was more of an active that. We had hiking poles and hiking <laughs> shoes. And, um, yeah, no, he did. I could have I could have hiked a little bit more, but we did two hikes and a bike ride and then rode a gondola up to the top of the mountain. And they had it was little, fun. Oh, it was fun. That was our last day. And I found out we had power and y'all are okay and y'all are going to the beach and I was yeah. like, okay, they're gonna be okay. I'm like stressing for Amy and Corey, like at this whole situation. My sister was at the beach at that point. My parents had gotten power, so we ride the gondola to the top of the mountain. They had this little cafe and got some wine and you know, it's just it was just fun. I wonder how many people almost got divorced from this hurricane with no power because we were at each other's throats. I'm gonna be honest, I actually think um and I'm, so, I'm not, this is just what we've seen. So, you know, Louisiana is a community property state. So whenever you get divorced, your 401k plan has this to be. This bring in work. So, no, no, no. We've, I've just seen a lot more paperwork oh, really? for people. Get, like, we don't look at the actual divorce. We're yeah, just getting yeah. the paperwork to uh, segregate, the, yeah, to split the assets. And I'm like, oh, it must be COVID. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be COVID with people, you know. Yeah. It's a stressful time. Yes. And the yes. hurricane, I mean, I, you know, my sister basically said, and, and this is how I feel like it, ha- you know, if we would have been here, we m- maybe wouldn't have been in quite this situation, but it's like your days go by like that when you have a storm and you're trying to pick up or you're trying to get gas through the generator because everything takes three to four yeah. times as long, you know, and then like your mom needed a generator, you know, it's yeah. just like, it's like when you have, now when you're the, the kid who has to take care of your parent who's now, not that my mom's old, but you're having to do things for other people's parents or grandparents yeah. or whatever. It's now it's on you. Yeah, so. and if you had family that was maybe in some of the coastal parishes, you know, I know we still have a couple Jeez. of people out here for for helping with that. I mean, it's a it's a lot, you know, and and the yeah. generators and the gas. I've heard that was just a disaster. I think that settled down a little bit. But um, anyway, things that make us happy, though. Things that make us happy. 
I'm going to say this, being back in a routine. I was... Yes. Like, I, I told myself yesterday, I was like, okay, Missy, don't ever get mad about having to go to the office. <laughs> Look, the kids, my kids went back to school yesterday. I'm like, yay, <laughs> you're back at school. Because they were at each other's throats, too. Well, um, and I just think, in general, people kind of thrive in a routine and mm-hmm. getting out. And so, like, yeah. that's one good thing about vacation. So, if I take the hurricane aside, you know, once you get back from vacation, if you've had a true vacation, you're like, okay... I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to get to get right. stuff done, and that's you need that break. But whew, when it lasts longer than what you're expecting, and you're just like, all right, what about you, Maggie? You like to, you like a routine? Yeah, I think I don't. Is that all? Is that everybody? Like, I think do most we people. just crave routine? I I do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes you feel productive. It kind of makes you feel like you're doing something. I mean, even yesterday, Maggie, with the power out, I'm like, somebody please email me. Any, anybody. <laughs> anybody. I'll look up anything. I went into our, our gen- generic email inbox oh, just to I answer saw. some emails. I was like, dang. Melissa's getting antsy. I need something to do. I'm surprised she could be even on a vacation that long. Oh, uh, yeah. So... That's a whole other podcast. That is very challenging for me. Yeah. It's like, I want it. But it's very challenging for me. I, I had that realization on this. That's vacation. me too. I've written contracts waiting in line at uh, Disney because you I can mean, do stuff on your phone. When we're at the beach, uh, though, most of the time, all five of us end up working at some point. Yeah. You know, uh, our father-in-law and our husbands they end up inevitably having like the biggest job that they've ever had bid, and they're all on their, you know, they're all trying mm-hmm. to do it. And then Amy's on the phone, and I'm I'm working, but I don't really mind that because I'm at the beach. Yeah. It doesn't really bother me that no. bad, you know? No. So, anyway. All right. Well, Amy, thank you. Thanks for having me. Taking time fun. out of your uh, schedule and coming in. Um, I learned a lot. I know. That was very informative. I think I learned a lot about myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of learned a little bit about you, too. That you didn't know. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah. So, anyway, check out Amy. I think on Facebook, though, you might be Amy Didier Torito. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes, so, Didier, D-I-D-I-E-R. Mm-hmm. So, check her out. She really has done for me and Patrick, and I, I'm saying this not just because she's my sister-in-law, but good God, I wouldn't want to have to deal with buying and selling a house, especially if you get like a low offer and you got to go back and negotiate and stuff like that. And so she's really done a fantastic job helping us through that whole process. And I feel like she has our back and our best interest um, in mind. And yeah, Disney, I mean, she's, like I said, I think I take for granted that you know so much about Disney because being a veteran, we're like, all right, let's just get on the plane and go. So mm-hmm. anyway, thanks, Amy. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank and you. Thanks to all of our listeners. We're glad to be back. We've got jam-packed scheduled through the end of the year. Um, we're really excited about that. And I think that's it, right, Maggie? Yeah. I'm glad to see Maggie. It's been two weeks since I've seen her face and Lainey. Forever. It's a long time. We all hang out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hope everyone has a great week. Thank y'all. Bye.